What is up? I am Evan Lovett, and welcome to my new podcast, In a Minute with Evan Lovett. This is an Odyssey original brought to you by my company, In a Minute Media, coming to you live from my studio in the heart of my favorite city in the world, Los Angeles, California. Let's get into it. What is up? We are here at episode three. And I have to say, the sound quality is awesome on this podcast. Professional grade, high definition here in IM Studios in Los Angeles. Sounding like a pro. And I want to give a special shout out to an LA legend, Mr. Ben Baller himself, for the recommendations of our podcast equipment. Ben has been a big help behind the scenes, helping my team and I get set up. So thank you, Ben. I look forward to having you on the show as a guest so we can really get into LA and get your perspective. And dude... Did you know Ben Baller played Division I football and basketball? Now that really is, well, Baller. And another thing, this dude has a mellifluous voice. I love that word, by the way, mellifluous. I never knew what it meant. It sounds like it's one of those words that's like negative and sounds bad, but you know where I learned it? was when somebody described Vin Scully's voice as mellifluous. It means sweet sounding or pleasant to the ear. Go check out Ben Baller's podcasts, Par 3 and Behind the Baller. You'll know what mellifluous means. Dude has a mellifluous voice. So listen, we have two episodes under our belt here at In a Minute with Evan Lovett. And honestly, I was looking at Chartable. Yes, of course, I, I had to. I have to see how our podcast is performing. And man... When I saw number two on places and travel, and look, I'm not going to pretend I know how those charts work, but I know that Chartable has credibility. And after two episodes that were even charting, I think we're number 82 in, uh, I think it's called People in Society. That blows my mind. Some podcasts that my wife listened to, I, I cross-referenced. We're beating some of those. And you know, in my head, I feel like those are those are big podcasts. So honestly... Thank you, everybody that's listening. Knock on wood, we keep it up. Um, trying to keep the energy going. Keep it interesting. Keep it informative. Keep it educational. Um, appreciate everybody that's listening, but so much more in the holster, so thank you. All right. So listen, we're starting to get feedback, DMs, questions, and the comments are coming in hot and heavy. And the majority are super positive, so thank you. Some are funny. Some are funny, some are advisement, which I like. I appreciate that. I need that feedback. And some are outright negative. Look, <laughs> I told you guys, I'm thin-skinned. I don't love the negativity, but it's real, and I do use it to help me. I've always been somebody who tries to take criticism constructively. Yes, that's a cliche, constructive criticism. But seriously, and again, maybe it's my only childness, I, I take it to heart, and I want to improve. I kind of kind of tease my wife about it because I'm like, you say something once and I'm not going to do it again, right? If she tells me that she doesn't like a certain topping on pizza or she doesn't like, perfect example, there's this cutting board we have in our kitchen. She doesn't like when I put it in the, in the sink in a certain way. I guess it like gets on top of the dishes and pushes them down. Never did it again, right? So not to say I'll take all this feedback and change, but it is constructive and I do take it to heart and I do try to, to value it and, and apply it if it can help me and especially in helping the podcast. So what I'm basically trying to say is this segment is called the mailbag, okay? And this segment is brought to you by nobody yet. 
We have no sponsor yet. But sponsors, you know where to find me. Hit my DMs. Let's get some people some shout-outs. Let's get some reads going. Let's get some sponsors for In a Minute with Evan Lovett. So without further ado, mailbag comment number one. I never would have thought that voice would match with your face. You definitely have a face for radio. Okay. Um, you know, look, I ain't trying to say I'm the handsomest man on the planet. I'll tell you this. But I will tell you what. The voice, it's funny. What that brings me back to, growing up, and this in the days when people had telephones, landlines, and whatnot, living with my parents, um, every time I'd pick up the phone at my dad's, after a certain age, like once I was like, I don't know, 15, hello, Stu, all of his friends, all of his friends would think I was my dad. They'd be like, you sound just like your dad. And it's funny because in my head, you know, you don't hear it that way. I mean, I guess in retrospect, um, I do sound like him. And matter of fact, I played a voicemail from him the other day. Yes, I have it saved from, uh, shit, five and a half years ago. But um, I wanted to cross-check that to see if it's true. And I was like, I guess it kind of does sound like me or I sound like him. So I'm going to take that as a compliment regardless of the face for radio thing. Look, that's probably true too. I mean, we know what it is. I'm, I, I try to keep it real about that. Like... Feel like I'm charming, but, you know, Mr. Handsome, probably not. Okay, so another comment. I was captivated by your story about your parents in episode one. I was almost moved to tears. Keep it coming. Thank you for that. Thank you very much. I'll tell you what. An unbelievable amount of comments that people wanted to know more about my personal life. That's crazy. I mean, it's awesome. Look, I like it. I'm an open book. I've always been that way. But that is what we're going to do. We're going to keep digging. We're going to keep getting deeper. And honestly, I'm, I'm sharing everything. That's what I'm here for. Like I said, there's always a therapy session. I need to talk. I need the cathartic release. I got to get it off my chest. So thank you for that. And again, much love. Thank you to, to everybody that wrote in. Thank you for my parents on that. Um, and spoiler alert, thinking of that, I do plan to have my wife on as a guest in the near future. I told you, we're getting super personal. And our relationship, we've been married for 17 years. And you think we haven't had trials and tribulations? Woo! Let me tell you, we have been through some stuff, some big stuff, some humongous issues. She is a saint for being with me. I'm not the easiest person to get along with. And I have put her through hell and back. And she is a champion. Um... We will get into that. And even better, she's funny as hell. So my only concern really is that you guys might want her to be the one that ends up hosting the podcast. But seriously, she's interesting. She's funny. She's obviously, it's my wife. So, um, but yes, that's spoiler alert. Now, another comment for the mailbag. Listen to both episodes. Huge fan. I will say you came off a little manic during the Vegas segment in episode two. That said... It was my favorite segment of both episodes. All right, all right. I'll tell you, in case you haven't noticed, I do come off manic at times. I'm super passionate and I'm excitable. I've always been that way. I'll try to tone it down at times, but I'm not going to suppress my personality. Look, my passion is what fuels me and I will be aware of it though, moving forward. So let's see. Well, we're starting in episode three to be a tiny bit less manic. Let's see if that works. All right, mailbag number four, last one in this segment. 
information I didn't know I needed to know from the nerd I didn't know I needed to love. Wow. Another backhanded compliment. Look, I love doing the homework. I love doing the research. It's funny because at UCLA, I didn't. And in high school, I sure as hell didn't. But I guess that's what happens when you pursue your genuine passion. I enjoy it. It's fun. What do you want me to say? So that's the mailbag. Keep the comments coming. Let me know what you learned. As always, Friday, we're getting that segment going. Um, And that segues into what I learned this week. This one's dope. This one is a lot of fun. Thomas Edison or Thomas Alva Edison, the inventor of the light bulb in 1879. And by the way, Thomas Alva, the Alva part is very important because they say he was Mexican. He has Mexican descent, but there is not unequivocal evidence one way or the other, whether or not he was Mexican, but he is one of the preeminent geniuses of our time. And that needs to be mentioned, especially from me coming from Los Angeles, Los Angeles, as they say, made in Mexico. So that's interesting. But guess what? Edison, whether or not you knew he invented the light bulb, what I didn't know is that he invented the moving picture, a.k.a. the movie. That's right. So in 1888, Edison filed a patent. For, he announced his plans for a device to do for the eye what the phonograph does for the ear, right? He wanted a complete audiovisual system. The quote was, we may now see and hear a whole opera as perfectly as if actually present. Sounds hella futuristic in the 1890s, right? So in 1891, the kinetoscope was actually patented. And that was the first, that was the precursor to modern movies. Now you think about how much movies have changed the world, how much impact they have on culture, on people, on behavior, um, you think movies, you think L.A., you think Hollywood, but either way, they are worldwide. And that's something that is probably amongst the most impactful inventions in our lifetime and six generations prior to all of us. OK, now, Thomas Edison was in West Orange, New Jersey, and th this is important. Because with his kinetoscope, he had a small movie studio where he created these moving pictures. And the early pictures were kind of reality films. Not, not reality as we know it. But they were motion pictures taken of everyday life and events as they occurred. One of his famous early ones was somebody sneezing. And you got to remember, in this era, seeing a video of anything was amazing. It was borderline life-changing. It was life-changing. But the technology, Edison's technology, yes, he invented it. Early technology is always tough. His small movie studio had to be rotated as he was filming to capture the best available sunlight. Obviously, they didn't have all the auxiliary equipment, all that kind of stuff. And even when he was able to get these small little moving pictures, the viewer would look through a little peephole at the top of a cabinet in order to see the image move. So it wasn't quite the, the movies that we know, but these were the first movies. And in my mind, the guy that invented the light bulb also invented the moving picture. That is pretty cool. So why don't we know Thomas Edison is this director or this 
producer because he did. He produced movies. He directed movies. But the thing was, Edison wasn't so interested in making art or even necessarily making movies. And the people that were the creative people would license his patent and they'd make films and they'd go out and and do things with him and try to get distribution at these Nickelodeons where people would pay a penny or a nickel to watch this short movie with whatever narrative. Um, Edison, however, was frequently involved in litigation over the patent claims. He was suing the competition for patent infringement as a way to protect these inventions and protect his profits. So guess what happened? This is the 1890s. They couldn't chase people down. They couldn't, there wasn't online. So these enterprising filmmakers, they went west. They went far west, like 2,000 miles, as far west as they could go to California and to Hollywood, where, by the way, it's sunny 12 months a year, and you don't need to rotate the studio to get the best uh, sunlight for whatever you're filming. So long story short, Edison got boxed out of his own game. And by 1918, he had sold his studio and was no longer in the movie business. But Edison is the father, the godfather of motion pictures of movies. So that's what I learned this week. All right, so get this. It's time for the therapy session. And yes, get this and therapy session are combined segments for episode three. That's how strongly I feel here. I want to get into what some might call a divisive issue, but this is a personal anecdote and something that happened to me in the last week. So just just hear me out here. But first, I want to set the stage, okay? January of 2020, my wife and I bought a house in a quote-unquote safe neighborhood. And it's a nice neighborhood. The people are nice, friends with the neighbors, all that. Um, we move in, walk around, meet people. And the first week I'm there, my son's riding his bike. I'm walking. We run into one of my neighbors, an older gentleman, great guy, great family. And he says to me, he's like, hey, Evan, uh, don't let your son ride on such and such street, which is one block south of my house because it's Jonathan's territory. And I'm like, wait a minute. What do you, Jonathan's territory? What does that mean? So he proceeds to tell me that there's an unhoused uh, man who sort of takes up residence at the church. There's a church down there on the corner and it's right up against the LA river. So I don't know, strategically, um, the man uses that area and that territory is his. And he's been known to harass people is, is the punchline there on that street. So not to let my son ride his bike there. Now that is a bit disconcerting. And he, he tells me, he says, uh, you know, I carry wasp spray when I walk on that street just in case. And I'm like, all right, don't really want to hear that. And that, that reminds me of a story on why we left our old house. Now, our old house was dope. It was the perfect starter home. It was our first house. We were lucky enough to be able to buy when the rest of the market crashed in 2009. So we're able to live in a cool neighborhood Uh, at a great price. And look, we were on a busy street. The house had flaws. Like, you know, we were growing as a family, so we were going to move. But the catalyst for us moving was we were, my son and I, not, not the catalyst, but it was like a last straw kind of thing, if you will. 
so my son and I were going to get shaved ice on the corner. We lived on a street where there's a shaved ice, but shaved ice is delicious. It's like a snow cone plus ice cream hybrid, highly recommended. But we were going to get shaved ice. And now about five properties over from me was an aban—I mean, uh, an undeveloped lot. It was not an abandoned lot, right? It was just never developed. And a homeless encampment um, materialized there. And look, uh, as I have a friend, lifelong friend from college, he calls me V's as an EV, as an EVZ. But anyway, he says, V's, that's life in the big city. And it is. If you're in Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, you know that this is an issue that can uh, arise. And we deal with it. But the incident is when we're walking to get shaved ice and we walk by a shopping cart. And the shopping cart has a sign, a big cardboard sign. It says, do not touch exposed hypodermic needles. I'm hepatitis C positive. And then my son was four at the time. He couldn't really read, read yet. And he's like, Papa, like, what does that sign say? And now I got an ethical issue on my hands, right? Do I lie and just say, hey, this guy, the person says, don't touch my things. Or do I tell them the truth and expose them to the real world realities at four years old? So that in itself is an ethical issue and just an incident that stuck with me. Okay. Um, and we moved. So, so that's one of the reasons we moved to this, this new neighborhood. Okay. And now I'm not on next door. I'm not on citizen. Those are alarmist as far as I'm concerned, but I do talk to my neighbors, um, they all know about Jonathan and they mention him in conversations and the gentleman obviously has mental health concerns. Um, and they're telling me he's been arrested, check his arrest record. And now the arrest record is public, right? I, I do homework. I do research. That's what I do. That's why Ellie in a minute is so well researched and detailed and accurate. So I check his arrest record and Jonathan has had 20 different arrests since 2019, and again, I don't know the details. Um, he's obviously out. Um, and it's just interesting to to just see this in reality. And now I understand why people are aware and and you know what their strategies about um, you know, crossing his territory. So I actually had an interaction with Jonathan. Told you guys that I walk uh, across the LA River every day. It's it's a beautiful thing to be able to do. I marvel at the fact that it's a concrete channel and it's the LA river. And when I was growing up, it was the wash. Nobody knew that that was the LA river and it's a recent movement. And it's a good one because the LA river was so important to the development of the city of Los Angeles and it's given us life and it's caused so many tremendous incidents. And that's why it had to be channelized. But that's a story for a different episode or for an LA in a minute. I'm walking across the LA river and I see Jonathan about 20 paces up and he's not a known like violent guy it's not this thing where i'm like oh my god i'm scared but i take note because like that's jonathan's territory right so i'm walking across the river and he stands right in the middle of the sidewalk and as i'm walking home i have my computer satchel on one shoulder i have my like lunch box on the other shoulder it's the stuff i carry to him from work every day and jonathan's like he, he stops like right in the middle so i kind of stop in front of him and he's like you got something i need and then I kind of look at him and it was, again, it wasn't even like this terrifying tone. It was just the clearly, clearly there's a mental health issue there. Right. And I was like, hey, uh, what do you mean? He's like, you got something I need. I'm like, dude, lunch sack's empty. This is my work computer, man. And then he looks up in the sky and he's like, sun is really bright today. It's burning me. I can feel it burn me. 
And there was just a little bit in the tone where I was like, man, like, I'm like, you know what? Like, there's a coffee bean, like, around the corner. I'm like, you want, want to go get some water at Coffee Bean? You want some at Coffee Bean? And he kind of, like, looks over, and he's like, all right. And then so we go. We go to Coffee Bean. And, like, look, I'm not going to lie. I was rattled. I was. I wasn't this smooth cu customer. You know what I mean? I don't know. I might have stuttered. Who knows? But I was a little, like, shaken. I was. And we're in the Coffee Bean. And, like, in my memory, he got a soda in one of those protein boxes. I don't even know if they really serve soda at Coffee Bean. But that, that's what I, like, remember him getting. And then he takes his stuff and he leaves, right? So I'd had this interaction. Now, bring us back to the point now. So this week, I'm walking home from work for lunch, right? I try to go with my wife. We walk the dogs, catch up on the day or something, uh, you know, at home. And it happened to be a day where my son was off school. And unbeknownst to me, my wife's trying to be this great mom. She is this great mom. She's taking my son on these activities. But so I'm walking home and I see my neighbor in the street talking to some police officers. It's not a neighbor I'm particularly close with, but it's a neighbor that we say, what's up? We say hi. And I, I left him to his own business. He looked concerned, but it looked like everything was handled, right? Then I get to my house and I'm finishing up a phone call, okay? At this point, I'm literally finishing up a call. So I'm waiting on the corner, like the, the, the corner across the street from my house, finishing this phone call. And I see my house right there and there's a private security car just chilling in front of my house. And then another police car comes rolling slowly down the street. And I'm still on this call. I'm like, something's up, but I wasn't putting two and two together, right? So go home, put my stuff down, grab by my wife and kid had just left, apparently. Uh, go and play ball with my dog. That's one dog, Nora. She's awesome, but she is crazy. And she like always needs to be playing and chase the ball. So I let her out every chance I get. About a half hour later, I get a call from a different neighbor. Um... We have these awesome neighbors from London. They're the dream neighbors, good people, and they're fun to hang out with. But either way, they give me a call and says, uh, did you hear about Jonathan? Can you check your ring cameras? Uh, Jonathan's in backyards trying to open doors, and he's been spotted in multiple backyards going house to house. Nobody likes to hear that. I go to the ring cameras. Sure enough, one of those backyards was mine, right? And again, he's just trespassing. I know he's not in his right mind, right? This isn't Richard Ramirez. We know that, okay? I, I get that. I do. But it's still a feeling of a little violation. And like, it's just, again, disconcerting. It is like, so camera at a timestamp of 1.31 p.m. And I get this. I go back a little bit. My wife and son had just left the house at 1.15 also timestamps. So how close was that? And again, nothing happened, but like you see that and I'm home. I played ball with Nora at 150. So this all happened like right in between. Like we were very fortunate. And that's, you know, it, it had us a little bit. I was nervous. I was okay. So by this point, enough notes were exchanged amongst neighbors where we figured out he'd been in five backyards. Um, and the police have been called. They were actively pursuing them. There was a spotting and Jonathan lost them in the river. Insert punchline here. I get it. Police. Ha ha. But keep in mind, that's, that's his home turf. That's easy to defend Vietnam, Afghanistan, the Lakers in the eighties. You always defend your home court, home turf. Okay. So the point is at this instant, 
the neighbors were communicating and like a WhatsApp group started all this kind of stuff. What are we going to do? And more alarming to me was my wife was nervous. My son wanted to sleep in our room and I don't blame him. You know, it was, it's a tough thing to digest, right? So about 640 after about 30, 40 minutes, hour of true neighbor t- neighborhood tension, one neighbor found him in the garage where he had barricaded himself. And again, he didn't do anything violent. As far as I know, he didn't have any weapons. But the neighbor calls the police. Police show up. One, two, three, four cars, paramedic, ambulance. So they're coming out and they were talking to him, trying to talk him out. And this is a little interesting to me. Somebody sent me a DM or sent me a message. Let me know what's up with this. The neighbor had to sign a waiver to allow them, the police, to arrest Jonathan. I'm not sure what that's about. I'm pretty reasonably thinking that it's liability issues of some kind, but I was like, wow, they need the homeowner's permission to arrest somebody that's barricading themselves in the garage. Uh, That was eye-opening, right? So two hours, three hours later, they end up taking him out on a wheelchair and putting him in an ambulance. And, you know, there was a sense of, relief in the neighborhood a sense of glad we don't need to worry about that for now but what what happens and what even happened and what do we do i mean this is an honest question i'm not here to give you the answer like i i want suggestions i want to hear your thoughts i want to have a discussion about this and i know there are strong opinions on both sides that's just how it is i don't have a solution i just don't want my son and wife to be nervous inside our own house and listen Jonathan doesn't deserve to be incarcerated forever. I'm not even sure he deserves to be incarcerated. I mean, the deal is I would love services. I would love housing. I want to be able to provide room, board for everybody that needs it, substance abuse, mental health facilities, and it's not easy and something needs to be done. But this really hit home for me this week. I mean, I've been, look, I'm in LA, so it's in my conscience. It's in my subconscious for... It has been since at least 2016. And I want to know what you think it is. I mean, what what needs to be done? It's an open-ended question. I really just want to have a constructive and hopefully positive dialogue because it's tough for everybody. It's tough for the homeowners. It's tough for Jonathan. Like, I, I can't even fathom that standpoint. But what do we do? What do we do? So listen, this isn't a story with an ending Give me your feedback. It's something important that affects everybody. And I just really wanted to get this off my chest. I mean, again, this was the therapy session. So thank you guys for helping me save a couple bucks. All right. All right. So look, that, that was deep. That was serious. And as we close out the episode, I want to kind of change the tone. All right. We always end positive. This is what, what I tell my son when we're playing baseball, when we're doing quizzes, homework, anything. And on a positive note, I truly believe that that energy that you finish with, you're going to carry into that next activity to that next day. So I want to close this out by doing something fun. This is going to be a new segment. This is going to be a fun segment that we do every week. Okay. I get a ton of DMs from all over the globe, Australia, India, France, asking me my favorite places, where to go eat. Hey, Evan, I'm coming to LA for the weekend. What do I need to see? I'm planning a vacation to LA. What should we do? I've been offered money to be a tour guide and I've turned it down. That's not what I do. 
I will absolutely answer every DM. You guys know that. I love it. I love interacting. I'll give you suggestions. But the segment here is going to be, if you have one thing to do in LA this weekend, do this. So for me, I've been waiting for this because I love this since this opened. And I'm telling my friend, Tim, if you're listening, you better go take your girl because I've been telling him since he moved back to L.A. from Brooklyn about six months ago, and I don't think he's gone yet. But here's what you're going to do if you're in L.A. this weekend. Go to the 6th Street Viaduct, the 6th Street Bridge. This is a monument to Los Angeles. This thing is incredible. It's beautiful. It's fun. It is going to make you so proud of Los Angeles. It's the most expensive infrastructure project in nearly a century in LA, and it's a marvel. This view, especially when you're coming from Boyle Heights heading into downtown, oh my God, dude. This this is probably my favorite view of the city, okay? In a city where everything is a car ride away, take your partner, take your mom, go by yourself. This thing is incredible. The 6th Street Viaduct. It's got these huge, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't have the architectural vocabulary to describe it. But if you see, it's lit beautifully. It's new. It's high quality. It's got these like little archways. I think that's the best way that I can describe it. But that's what you need to do this weekend. And look, I know that people in LA, this was a new toy. When it first opened, people were doing donuts. They were popping wheelies. There was a quinceanera on the 6th Street Viaduct. Uh, Somebody got their hair cut and the media was like, oh, Los Angeles can't handle this new product. Guess what? Guess what? This is LA. It's what we do. Don't take it so personal. We were having fun. And you know what? That means that we love this thing. So go see it because right now, It's just a joy. There's live entertainers on the side. There's people walking it. You got to go check it out. So that is what you need to do in Los Angeles. That is what you need to do this weekend. All right. That's our show for today. This has been In a Minute with Evan Lovett. Thank you all for continuing to listen. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for the feedback. Keep it coming. Please make sure you follow, subscribe, and honestly, leave a rating. Leave a five-star rating, that is. I love doing In a Minute with Evan Lovett. Recording this podcast is becoming my favorite part of the week. New episode every Friday. All right, y'all. It's been a minute. 